Hello, welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me, Lewis, and me, Alex. No elaboration on the the the, the surnames needed this week. Just the one, Alex. Yeah, no, Alex Sharples is in South Korea um, because you know the. The playoffs uh, are here. The fantasy football playoffs are here, and Sharples wanted to get a head start on the news. And I told him that's yeah. not how time works, mate. Yeah, you know, they might be yeah. eight hours ahead or however many hours ahead. That doesn't mean they get the fantasy news eight hours before we do. So, you know, mainly Sharples is he, he secured a bye week. Me and Sharples both secured the bye week. So he's just he's just he's really living it up on that bye week. He's taking advantage of the bye week as best as he can because he doesn't he have can. to think about fantasy this weekend and neither do I but I'm I'm still here I still showed up you know I don't need to <laughs> think about it this weekend I'm I'm in one of those glorious positions where uh, I can just chill out this weekend as well in our main league but uh but I'm, I'm just clearly the more committed Alex to this pod I'd assume I agree I agree I'm not I'm not gonna buy a week so it's all or nothing this week it's all or nothing, but but yeah, let's get into last week, week fourteen <coughs> review time. Um, interesting week, Al. What stuck out to you? What stuck out to me is that uh, you're gonna love this loot. Baker Mayfield is that dude. He's he's no, that not. dude. Say what you want about the man. Say what you want about about his quarterback play. That was a great storyline. Uh, on Thursday night, it was arguably the most clutch final drive of the season. Just and, and it's and it's crazy because you you could have said that twice last week. There was the Brady drive on the Monday, and then Mayfield goes and does that on the Thursday. Just absolute darts all over the place. That last throw was was so so delicious to watch. Um, not expecting much at all. From Mayfield. However, if you're Matt Stafford and your back is or neck is absolutely knackered, because this this back neck sort of issues with Stafford started long ago in 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 Detroit. How much more on a scale of one to ten are you a bit like? Are you are you kind of you know your 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 eyebrows raising a little bit at the prospect of Mayfield? Uh, playing instead of you for the rest of the year over John Wolford, yeah, you know, do you not think there's a bit more of a hmm from Stafford now? No, if I was Matt Stafford, I would be frowning significantly. That's how little my eyebrows would be raised. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Mayfield, he he could do something. He could do something there. I don't expect him to, to, to win that job, of course. Um, but speaking of people that could win a job, Purdy over in San Francisco. So we already know that Jimmy G isn't the guy in San Francisco, even though I'm sure they'd have loved to bring him back uh, until Trey Lance comes back. But what if Purdy just completely balls out after this team has invested so much clearly in Trey Lance? And I would... I would argue that Purdy has shown us more in one and two thirds of a game than Lance has really shown us his whole career, albeit not not that much of a career. But you know, I think Purdy's shown us more. 
Yeah, no, I think that could go one or two ways, really. Like, they could stick by Trey Lance like they did do even when Jimmy G was winning them games before before they they replaced him. Or they could make a trade in the off-season, trade Trey Lance somewhere that, that might want him, that might need him. And I think you could see that happen, really, if they're happy with what Brock Purdy does. If Brock Purdy helps them, you know, get to the... NFC Championship game, which which I think, you know, the 49ers might do. Um, I think you might see him trade Trey Lance to, I don't know, you know, the Colts as someone who, who needs a quarterback like that. Um, so, no, it is interesting. It's interesting to see. The 49ers are just, they're one of those teams, like, this week there was, there was like, Teams that I couldn't wrap my head around that we'll, that we'll talk about in a minute. I want us to talk about, you know, like the Lions and the Jags and stuff. They're uncertain teams. There's some teams that always just end up top of the pile. The 49ers are one of them. The Chiefs are another one. Doesn't matter what injuries they get. Doesn't matter who they trade away. They always end up at the top of that pile. And it's, you know, tell me that the 49ers and the Chiefs aren't going to be in their respective conference championships and who would have said that at the start of the year yeah well I was just speaking about this to our brother before to be honest how how hyped up the AFC was before the season and how heavily the good teams were kind of weighing uh, AFC's kind of <coughs> side and compared to the weak NFC people were saying you know people were saying the AFC was stacked and the NFC was a bit weak this year. Now, I would say that three of the best four teams in football at the minute are NFC teams, those teams being mm-hmm. the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers, um, with the Chiefs on the AFC side. However, the Bengals are coming big time. You know, they're on the way. Yeah. Do not be surprised if this team is in another Super Bowl. Um, because I, I'm not I'm not impressed with the Bills. You know, a twenty to twelve win against the Jets. I would be so surprised if the Bills made it to the AFC Championship game at the moment. Yeah. Um, mm. Because when I made I made that prediction at the start of the season that the Super Bowl would be the Bills versus the Eagles, and you'd you'd have got great odds on that at the at the start of the season. I would have been so surprised this far through the season to realise that yeah, one of those one side of that Super Bowl matchup that I picked is probably gonna happen and that side is the Eagles side. It's the Buffalo side, which is actually most likely not gonna happen now. Uh but I just mm. don't think I don't think they're playing very well. Adam Adam our brother said to me before that I think he was listening to a Colin Cowherd video, which you know Shocking. Um <laughs> you'd normally not condone. Obviously Cowherds come with his, you know, typical analogy of um, oh, the Bills are like a, a boxer who uh, who's just got a, a big knockout punch, you know, like I suppose like Deontay Wilder, I would say then, like Deontay Wilder, and and it's true they're not they're not necessarily totally dynamic. They, they've got a big knockout punch, but they're not great in all the other areas. And so I I made the kind of Erling Haaland analogy. I I, I watched a YouTube video earlier in the summer comparing Haaland and Mbappe. And they were saying Haaland is like, he's like a big golden sledgehammer. You know, Mm. it's not particularly flashy what he does. uh, And and there's not many really particular 
uh, intricacies to it. Of course, there is when you're looking at his run and everything. But let's not get into Erling Haaland. But in terms of what he does, it's not it's not all that complex. But he does does it extremely efficiently and extremely well. And he's like a blunt instrument. And that is like the Bills. You know, they, they've got this knockout punch, and what they do well, they do very well, which is those explosive plays. But everything else, all the the moving the ball, the two minute drills, uh, the kind of um, situational play, the defense, um, it's being shown up, and they're being shown up as extremely one dimensional. When you look at the Chiefs, who have pretty much lost the knockout punch in Tyreek Hill last year. And, uh, and 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 they've just become so much more dynamic. It's that it's that situational football. When when the Bills when when they're in a two minute drill, you just think to yourself: outside of Josh Allen throwing two sixty yard passes, how are they going to drive down the field? It's got to that point, I think, in this season where it's like. Was the intricate stuff? Was the the dynamic playing? You know, using the running backs, using mm. the wide receivers. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's just. Yeah, me. No. I, I'm not sure. I just don't. No, I just I don't have. I just don't have loads of faith in that that team moving the ball all that much at the minute. And that's to to bring it back to fantasy. That's kind of reflected at the minute in in Josh Allen's fantasy scores. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Speaking of knockout punches, though, um, does someone want to deliver one of them to me anytime I need to watch the Ravens? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I got a similar thing about the Ravens that you have about the Bills, really. So they beat the Steelers this week. You know the Ravens did. I would argue, you know, a lot of that is to do with Mitchell Trubisky throwing three interceptions because they were forced in playing him. But um, you know, I'm. It's pretty silly, right? Me sitting here slagging off a team with a better record than twenty four other teams in the entire league, right? But how on earth is this Ravens team nine and four? Maybe right. Maybe at this point, it's it's this is my fault. I'm praising like other teams, other up and coming teams like the Jags and the Jets, but I'm ignoring the undeniable fact that as stale and boring as I think this Ravens team is, the game wins. You know, even with a third stringer at QB in the second half, like. I think the Ravens are like the Broncos if the Broncos were winning games. Because it's just really good defence, really painful offence. They're one of those teams that I just can't make. I don't think they're going to go anywhere, especially like even if they went, even if they get Lamar Jackson back. But they're just one of those teams I'm not sure about. Speaking of those teams, the Buccaneers. Tell me about the Buccaneers. What, what do I think of the Buccaneers? Because pretty emphatic loss. At the weekend, yeah, maybe they're not going to come good. Maybe yeah. they're not going to come good. And there's there's all that talk about you know they're going to get in the playoffs because the division the division's that bad, and if you, you don't want to face the Buccaneers in the playoffs, maybe you do. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe you do because they can't move the ball. And and Chris Godwin's been really good for fantasy recently. He's been really really good. And like I'm going to keep saying it. I don't think Brady looks necessarily bad. Um, Doesn't. I just think now you you know we we were all we we're all up for giving um, for giving Todd Bowles the time, but I can't look past the coaching now. It has to be the coaching because you look and it's like okay, what is the big difference? 
from this this team from last year. Okay, the the, the uh, um, Shaq Barrett's injured, but Shaq Barrett got injured like what five six weeks into the season, and they mm. were pretty bad that first month of the season or so. And you know, mm. okay, there was the whole Brady with his personal issues and the retirement unretirement thing, but we've seen enough of Brady to now know that he's he's kind of the same guy that he was last year. Um, yeah, it's there. It's right there in front of you. It's the coaching. The coach Bruce Arians isn't there anymore. And even if you want to say that he's been grooming Leftwich and Bowles to to take up this mantle, it's a different coach, you know. And yeah. maybe they should have given maybe they should have given it to Leftwich, who you know Bowles has had a, a, a real a real shot. At being a coach before Leftwich, I think he was at the Cardinals, and he that was a that, he got a bad bad deal with that one. So maybe they should have given it to Leftwich, the offensive guy, uh, like Arians was the offensive guy, because you can't look past the coaching for me now. And I'd I'd be surprised, regardless of whether they get in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs. I'd be surprised if Bowles was there. But fantasy wise, again, the weekend told you nothing about who to start out of Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. You were, again, really disappointed if you drafted Mike Evans. Um, yeah, it's... I Up until this weekend, because I, I was still in the camp of, they're going to they're gonna get it right. They're going to get it right, but um, I don't think they are, actually. No, and you know what? They're just the blessed that they're in the NFC South. Because they could still easily win that division. Uh, moving on, though, let's move on to a couple of players that we like the look of. I'll start. I'll start us off with the top scorer in all of fantasy football this week. Can I guess? Can I guess? Because I've I've got some players down, but I've not got scores off the top of my head. I think this was a weird one. I feel like you think I'm it was a weird a few. one. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to list a few. One. I know that Trevor Lawrence scored a lot of points. I know that Evan Engram scored a lot of points. Um, and there's one more name, which isn't coming to me. So I'm going to say Evan Engram. It was Evan Engram. Eleven receptions, <laughs> 162 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Don't Must have that heard again. my tight end rant last week. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He must have heard my tight well, end. The Jaguars are really have, weird. <laughs> I did not expect that. The 36-22 win over the Titans in no. Nashville. What? Yeah, the Jags are another one of those teams that fit with the Buccaneers for me and the Ravens. I, I just don't really know what to make of them because they can look really nice and look pretty bad. But you know what? With a... With a sort of rebuilding team like that, with a sort of up and coming team, you know, a new quarterback, new head coach, I like that volatility. You know, I like that they can look because they're gonna they're gonna steer the ship in the right direction. They have time to, they're gonna give Doug Peterson time to do that. So if I was a if I was a Jags fan, I would be I would be very happy with how this season is going so far. Yeah, and again, going off that, going off the Sharples logic of this is Trevor Lawrence's rookie year because no one could succeed or have or have any sort of success under the the regime of last year under Urban Meyer. Going off that logic, Trevor Lawrence looks really good. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, some more big games. Jerry Judy. That's the one. Eight receptions, the one. 73 yards, yeah. three touchdowns. 
all it took was my sweet Cortland Sutton being out, mm-hmm. you know. And those, in a way, those, in a way, those were Cortland Sutton's touchdowns. Do you not <laughs> think that ball was getting ripped around there quite a bit? It was getting it was ripped. Get, yeah, he was getting ripped. Um, he was, he was, <laughs> he, he, he was certainly ripping it. I mean, you know, yeah. that that Russell Wilson took it, took a huge one <laughs> that looked like it really hurt but Brett Rippon yeah. ripping it yeah absolutely um, and then a couple of uh, a couple of you know known names really what um, about my Christian guy McCaffrey. yeah my guy what about my guy come on your guy well I'll get to him in a second uh, Christian McCaffrey showing fantasy managers why he's probably the number one overall pick in fantasy next year, over 150 scrimmage yards and a receiving and a rushing touchdown. But yes, or you could just pick Justin Jefferson. Yes. I was shaking my head vigorously then because you are going to pick Justin Jefferson. Obviously, last podcast of the year, we'll look forward and totally overreact to next year's draft. I've, I've already got some things noted down what I want to get off my chest about running backs and wide receivers and where I think they should go. At this moment in time, you know, clearly knowing that the summer is going to change everything, um, but at the moment, yeah, I, I don't know how you don't pick Justin Jefferson or one of those top wide receivers first overall next yeah. year. Yeah, Justin Jefferson mm. might be the best wide receiver I've personally ever seen this week. Eleven receptions, two hundred and twenty-three. Receiving yards, mental. Like I love Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is so fun to watch, and he he himself scored a really nice touchdown in his game. But Jefferson's just yeah. different gravy, really. He is. Um, he is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on though to our little categories, our little categories of the week. Let's start with not buying it. Win Al. Um. I mentioned them before. It's going to be the Bills because it was totally Bills. not convincing. I don't think anyone's really afraid of them. Uh, you know, if, as as a as a Josh Allen fantasy manager, <laughs> I'm really hoping that that something changes going into the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs, because um, it doesn't look all that dynamic or great at the minute. Yeah, uh, I went with the Rams. You know, it was a decent win, but I'm not buying that that this turns the season around. It's too late to, really. And, you know, a, a broken clock is right yeah. twice a day. So, yeah. the Rams for me. Yeah. Impressive victory. I went with the Lions because they scored consistently and managed to hold of the Vikings enough to secure a pretty comfortable win. The Lions again. They're another one of those teams who I can't quite make out. I, just, just really quickly, really quickly. Is this legit? What we're seeing, you know, Lions five wins in the last six. Yes, no. Is this legit? It's got to be really. It's got to be really. Mm. But I mean, they were against the Vikings, and I, I was, I was going to ask you if we could add another section onto this, which was called the wheels are falling off. Um, and I've got two teams in mind. One of them's the Vikings. Can you guess the other who I would put in that that uh, section? Um, the Bills, <laughs> <laughs> the Seahawks. The wheels are totally okay. falling off with the Seahawks. Okay. Um, it was a nice story while it lasted, but you know, 
giving up 30 points and losing to the Panthers. It's not really yeah. playoff material, is it? Yeah. Who's your impressive victory? Oh, it's got to be the Eagles. It's got to be the yeah. Eagles. They stomped the Giants. Um, they can score anywhere they want. Talking about offences that aren't dynamic, these these guys can do anything. Jalen Hurts is looking like the MVP of football. They've got a bunch of running backs who can chip in, a bunch of really good wide receivers. Um, Hurts is just throwing dimes everywhere at the minute. So um, it's got to be the Eagles, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Worst team in the league. Dare I say the books? No, no, I'm not that brave. I'm not. I'm not that brave. Uh, I am brave enough to say the Cardinals, though, because I think I do. I do still think Kingsbury's out of there. Weirdly, I think the Kyler injury, what I know you're about to get to, might save him. Weirdly, but I do think he should be gone. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Cardinals because I can't. I can't see them winning more than one more game for the rest of the season either. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the Broncos again because, you know, just felt like a nice time to do it because they were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Um there's gonna be there's gonna be books written about what went wrong this year uh, for the <laughs> yeah. Broncos. Is it time for Cowboys chat now then? Is it time for Cowboys chat? Cowboys <laughs> Sharples, isn't he? Yeah. I was, really I was a little bit... I, okay, it was a bit of a scare. It was a mm. bit of a scare. But those are games in previous years which we don't win. So, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not too fussed about that. Um, yeah. we've, got, we've got the Jaguars, the Eagles, the Titans and the Commanders to come. And I think they're four really hard to pretty hard... Matchups, so I think that mm. that will tell us a lot about where the Cowboys are going into the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, fine with that. That, like I said, that that Texans game is a is a it was a slippy one and one that we would have probably lost yeah. in previous years. Listen, exactly a bit of a bogey team, you know, very very sort of close rival, you know, derby game really, three hundred miles away. Um, but yeah, no, they're one of those teams that they could slip up to, and I agree. For them to sort of give up that many points, play quite poorly and still get the win, you know, that's fine, really, fine for me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to insert a little cowboy yee-haw uh, before this section, so if you're hearing me say this right now, you've already heard it. Um, oh, yeah. Enjoy that. You see, you see that the was cowboy's dog. <laughs> 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 on to the worst part of the podcast. Ooh, boo. Injuries. This was... This was a big week, especially going into the fantasy playoffs, a really big week. Um, so let's just rip off the plaster and get going. Um, Tyler Huntley, quarterback for the Ravens. Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Steelers. And Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Broncos, all ruled out of their games with concussions. So expect all those guys to miss probably at least a game. Jets quarterback Mike White had to be taken to hospital. Um after the Jets lost to the Bills, uh, suffered a rib injury. They reckon he's still going to play, but monitor that. Um, he went over that then, game yeah. twice. Yeah. And then ugh, Kyler Murray carried off the field after just his third play of the game. We now know he's torn his ACL, got in for the lad. Uh, he's going to be out for a long time into next season. Absolutely got in for the player, obviously. Speaking on a fantasy perspective obviously this is 
you know, we don't want to be insensitive, but you've got to drop him and find somebody else. You know, wish all the best to the guy, but if you're a fantasy football player, you just gotta you just gotta move on now and, and try and find that yeah. next guy. Um, but yeah, so Kyler Murray, all the best. He will be back next year. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins both exited the Bengals games um, with injuries. So, so um, Tyler Boyd suffered a dislocated finger on the second offensive snap, and he didn't come back in the game. And then T. Higgins, similar to what we saw earlier in the year, um, exited with a hamstring injury, something that he apparently tweaked pre-game in pre-game warm-ups, both considered day-to-day. We saw this earlier in the year, didn't we, Al? Yeah, really annoying, again, because he was on the injury report last week, I thought, for this hamstring, and then he didn't have an injury designation going into the game, and then he plays one snap or whatever, and he's out of there. And if you're listening to this and you've got deja vu, yeah, because this exact thing happened earlier in the season. I don't get the management of these T Higgins hamstring injuries. Like that that could have seriously ruined some people's fantasy seasons. Obviously, not to make this all about fantasy, but again, to make it all about fantasy because that's what this podcast is. People are knackered, you know, because of that. That's mm. that's really done mm. people over if they really desperately needed a win. And, and T Higgins rightly so is an amazing player and he's part of people's uh Teams, some some people's wide receivers, wide receiver one or two, I don't get. Mm. I don't get the management or mismanagement of these T Higgins injuries because this is the second time this year that that's happened. And he's just yeah. he's, he's stood on the side. He's not in street clothes, as they say. You know, he's he's stood on the side, suited up still, but he's not coming into the game. So I tease in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Moving on, though, Damien Pierce exited the Texans-Cowboys game with an ankle injury. Monitor that one. Jeff doubtful. Wilson also He's left. doubtful. Doesn't doubtful, have a projection right. for the weekend, Damien Pierce, so that's a shame. Mm. Jeff Wilson, uh, running back for the Dolphins, left his game at halftime of a hip injury. So you've got Raheem Mostert, <clears throat> probably plug him in. Um, Ramandre Stevenson left the Patriots Monday night game with an apparent ankle injury. He did like he, he left and then he came back in and then he left again. So you know, Stevenson's been great this year. If he's out, you know, look at one of those guys, maybe Pierre Strong, um Kevin Harris, someone like that, but mm. just monitor Stevenson. And then the other big injury, Debo Samuel um, MCL sprain and sprained left ankle. The 49ers somehow expect him to be back at some point during the regular season, so in the next five weeks, but that probably isn't going to be relevant to your fantasy team. So if you've got to drop him, I suppose drop him. I doubt he's going to be, but like fantasy playoffs are going to be over the next three, four weeks. I don't think we see him then. If you have the 49ers and you're running away with that division, you have no incentive to bring him back before the playoffs. So, yeah, yeah. that's another gutting one. So, hopefully, in waivers, we're going to talk about some guys you can pick up and maybe plug in and replace these guys for your fantasy playoffs. But moving on, get that spreadsheet up, Al. I've got to you know, just quickly speaking of that Patriots game. <laughs> I was looking at the box score before <coughs> Patriots twenty-seven, thirteen Cardinals. 
It took me so long to figure out how the Patriots scored 27 points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I still don't fully understand how they scored 27 points, but yeah. Um, well, 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 gents. It it was, it was pretty nice week. Um, no, no, no misses at all. I'll run through Sharpless dead quick because Sharpless had a very nice week. Uh, I must be some bad omen because uh, he had Cousins on twenty five, P Ryan, which was a hit, P Ryan nine point four, which was you know it was a fine game for a backup running back. Um, Keenan Allen twenty one point two, he's back big time, and Dalton Schultz fourteen point seven. So, if you're listening to this, Sharples, first of all, good morning. We're recording. <laughs> we're, recording we're recording this at night. I don't know when he's going to be listening to it. Uh, and secondly, well, congratulations, well done. What about you, Luke? Uh, so this week I went for quarterback Justin Herbert. Had a nice game, really. Um, you know. Uh, 367 passing yards, one passing touchdown, eight rushing yards. It wasn't a hit, but he had a solid week. But, you know, that stat line, if you watch the game, was even more impressive uh, because he was just constantly running and manoeuvring away from pass rushers. I reckon I can count on one hand the amount of passes Justin Herbert made from a clean pocket. So, really impressive game I thought, and I'll speak about Justin Herbert again in a little bit. I went with Zeke at running back, um, 15 attempts, 62 yards, one touchdown, three catches for 19 yards. Hit, that was a hit. You know, him and Pollard both hit this week because they're probably going to every week. This is that Cowboys team now. They're absolutely rolling. Christian Kirk... Yeah, bit of a disappointing game. Five um, for forty-five. He, that was just a victim of the Evan Ingram domination, really. You know, um, Evan Ingram soaked up all of that receiving yardage, and then TJ Hawkinson, six receptions, seventy-seven yards. That's a solid game for a tight end, really. I'm taking that as a hit, even though it's not. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to waivers, I think these are some pretty important pickups this week with the injuries that we just talked about. So Al, give me the two guys you think people should be picking up. Well, Donnie Peeps J, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Apart from one dud week against the Bucks a few weeks ago, he's been great since the Browns bye week in week nine. Uh, it's crazy that he's still out there as much as he is because you, you can genuinely confidently flex DPJ and expect around 12 to 15 fantasy points at least so get him on your roster especially if you're in a pinch in your fantasy playoffs and another wide receiver Darius Slayton is the last man standing really in uh, New York at the Giants Richie James is in the concussion protocol so Slayton should be added to your team because he's his team's clear number one so there's some upside there with Slayton Nice yeah I'm going to go with a wide receiver as well in Elijah Moore uh, he's only rostered in just over 30% of leagues, probably dropped early in the season due to that sort of drama that he had with the team where he sort of sat out a game and stuff like that. Um, but he's well and truly back now and, and being utilised, you know, 16 targets in the last two weeks. Corey Davis should probably still be out this week, so Moore's increased workload is going to continue and um, this Jets passing game has been able to move the ball consistently with, with Mike White at quarterback. You know, it's 
it's the fantasy playoffs. You need these guys who who are going to unexpectedly dominate that sort of backstretch of the season. Moore could be one of those guys. And then I'm going to go with Jared Goff. Quarterback landscape is getting thinner and thinner, really. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, they're both going to be out for the fantasy playoffs. You know, Jackson might be back, but prepare to be without him. Um, You're going to need a replacement, and you're going to need one, like, right now. And I think Goff is the guy. He's still available in 55% of leagues. I think he's he's become someone you can plug in and start. Um, maybe not going to be the highest scorer on your team, like Murray or Jackson, but a decent enough quarterback to keep you going. You know, in the last three games, Goff is averaging over 300 passing yards and over two touchdowns a game with zero interceptions. He's hotting up. Lions are hotting up. You know, they're looking at making a legitimate playoff run. Um, it's a hard matchup this week for Goff, but I think he's the guy to pick up at quarterback. And moving on to... Is he at yours or is he here? I think he's here, isn't he? He's at yours, Come on in. Get in, pal. Uh, so the fact that our friend is here means that we're going to look forward to the week ahead now, week 15... Um, because I wasn't here last week and I had no notes of 14 out. I wrote 14 on everything until like two minutes before we started. Um, <laughs> we're going to kick it off with... Forget about it! And here we go, players that are locked into your lineup, no matter what, don't worry about it. At the quarterback position, uh, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Fields. Forget about it! Running back, Jacobs, Eckler, Mixon, Chubb, McCaffrey, Barkley, Taylor, Henry, Cook, uh, Walker, and Pollard. Forget about it! Wide receiver, uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Chase, Diggs, Lamb, Amonra, Metcalf, Godwin, Waddle, AJ Brown, Hopkins, Keenan Allen, welcome in. Forget about it! And tight ends. It's probably just Travis Kelsey, is it? But we'll put Andrews in there. Forget as well. about <laughs> it. Disappointing old season yeah. for Mark Andrews. He was fantastic. Tight end one last year. Tight end one last year, Mark Andrews. And uh, you're disappointed if you, if, you, if you drafted him really high. Mm. Thanks, mate. Cheers, man. I tell him thank you from me. I'm not there. <laughs> no, Lewis says no thanks. <laughs> uh, speaking of tight ends, though, let's start off with them. Um, who you got? I'm going Greg Dulcich because he's playing the Cardinals. Thank you very much. I'm going George Kill because he's playing the Seahawks, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that needs to be said. No, could just quick Kill. You know, Kill's been underwhelming all year, but Debo Samuel is out. A bit more of that heavy lifting in the passing game. Hopefully, Kill. Hopefully, Kill sort of takes that. You know the weight of that on his shoulders, like he can do, and we sort of see him have a good game finally. But uh, that's enough said about tight ends. Quarterback, uh, Al, give us yours. I'm going Dak Prescott. Um, nice. He's not really done it for fantasy this year, especially compared to some of the absolute turs that he he went on over the previous couple of years. Um, and and that's obviously because of how the defence and the running backs have been playing this year. But given the opportunity and the right matchup, I think Prescott could be primed to go off and, and this week against the Jags should be a pretty competitive game. So I'm I'm banking on that, you know, the Jags put up a bunch of points against the Titans. 
Um, and they saw the Texans come and put up a fight against the Cowboys, so the, the Jags will fancy themselves this week, I think. Um, that should mean that Prescott is going to have to throw it about against this defense, that, uh, this Jaguars defense that's given up the eighth most points per drive. So, you know, my argument essentially here is that I think it's going to be a competitive game again, and I think Prescott's going to have to, to throw it more than the Cowboys are going to be able to rely on the run game. So, Dak Prescott for me this week. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down from a pick last week and I'm gonna go with Justin Herbert. Um wasn't quite the smash play I was hoping for from from Justin first name terms last week. Um but still a decent game, so and I liked what I saw, you know, all of his main weapons back. You know, if you saw the game or if if you just look at the stats, that status quo in the passing game returned. You know, Mike Williams had all of the deep targets. Keenan Allen was the short yardage possession guy, and Austin Eckler was there for the dump offs, and and it worked for him. They won the game. I know they didn't score, you know, too many points. They won what was it, twenty three to seventeen, but uh, the offense looked better than than I than I thought it's done most of the year. Um, this week, Herbert's facing a Titans team who. They've been able to get after quarterbacks in the pocket, but as I mentioned before, Herbert got a decent ability to manoeuvre around and avoid tackles. Don't I'm not really worried about Tennessee's defensive line. Um, and in fact, actually beyond that defensive front, Tennessee's secondary is one that you want to target. The bottom two in the whole league in passing yards, completions and touchdowns given up uh, in the passing game. One hell of a juicy matchup for Herbert. Titans giving up over 20 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, fantasy points, that is. You know, Chargers potentially found some momentum. Uh, and I'm going to ride that momentum and I'm rolling with Herbert again this week. Uh, wide receiver, Al. I'm going Drake London. Uh, he's He's been good. Wide receiver for the Falcons, I should say. Uh, London's been good this year, but not spectacular. You know, maybe even a little dis- disappointing if you consider he was the highest wide receiver taken in this past year's draft at eighth overall. Um, but here's the thing: so the Falcons have made a quarterback change. They announced it before uh, last weekend to Desmond Ridder, the the rookie, um, and Kyle Pitts is out for the year. So I'm going to assume that during the bye week, the the Falcons have been practicing that relationship between Ridder and Drake London. They've been practicing Ridder throwing the ball to Drake London, especially in the red zone. So just like I did for Thielen and Alave earlier in the year, this is a touchdown call <laughs> from me. I think you get a touchdown from Drake London. Um, and, you know, make of my make of my logic what you will. The Saints defense doesn't scare you. And I think that the Falcons have to have spent this past two weeks developing that relationship between Ridder and London. There's a reason why they announced Ridder as the starter at the, the start of the week before the bye week, so they could get him those reps in. And I think, you know, I don't expect the Falcons to win the game, but we're going to see London be that safety net for Ridder, and I think London catches a touchdown. Nice, nice, bold. Uh, wide receiver, I'm going Michael Pittman Jr. Um, this Colts offense isn't one I would usually suggest going out of your way to start somebody from. But um but Pittman's usage and the matchup just too good to ignore this week. Um the outlier stat for Pittman this year has been touchdowns. He's only got two 
on the season so far, but he is averaging almost nine targets a game on the season, including seeing nine or more targets in seven of 12 games played. Uh, so I don't think you can argue that he he is the number one guy in this passing game, uh, just maybe not in the red zone. But this week, he's playing the most exploitable passing defence in the league in the Minnesota Vikings, who on the season are dead last in the league in almost every metric to wide receivers, uh, including giving up over 41 fantasy points a game to the position. Um, On average over the last three games, the Vikings are giving up 353 passing yards, 28 completions and almost two touchdowns a game. Get me in on that, all right? You know, uh, Indianapolis, they're coming off a bye week, so I think... Even an on-his-way-out Matt Ryan and a stumbling Colts offense can see success uh, against this Vikings secondary, which would mean another solid game for Pittman, who is actually just on the periphery of the top 20 fantasy wide receivers on the season. So he's he's been decent. Uh, but let's let's close it out with running backs, Al. Uh, I'm going to go for Isaiah Pacheco running back for the Kansas City Chiefs this week. You know, this is a matchup play, of course. Uh, they're against the Texans, the Chiefs, uh, and the, the, the worst team in the league um, against the run, probably the worst team in the league in general. So I suppose your decision here is Pacheco or McKinnon. You know, McKinnon had the huge game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. But usually Pacheco gets all the work on the ground, McKinnon gets all the work, all the targets through the air and all the work there. So... The sheer fact that I expect the Chiefs to be up for pretty much all this game suggests that Pacheco will be needed more than McKinnon here. And couple that with the fact that the Texans are the worst team in the league in terms of rushing yards, rushing yards, I should say, given up to the running back. Put emphasis on that. They're the worst team in the league in terms of rushing yards given up to the running backs uh, over 1,800 uh, but they're actually the ninth best in the league in terms of receiving yards given up to the running backs, just just 281. So it shows you that uh, either the teams that the Houston Texans play against just need to run the ball, they don't need to do anything flashy or throw the ball to the running back, or potentially the Texans are actually okay against pass-catching running backs. Either way, the numbers say that Pacheco's the player here, so I'm going Pacheco over McKinnon. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears. So, since Khalil Herbert's injury in Week 10, Montgomery has been relied on as pretty much the Belco running back for the Bears, you know, albeit with Justin Fields running for 300 yards a game, whatever. Um, but you know what? Like Fields' rushing success hasn't actually been that much to the detriment of Montgomery, uh, especially in fantasy. You know, Montgomery's seen three of his best fantasy finishes of the year in Chicago's past three games and uh, in those contests Montgomery he's averaged 15 rushing attempts and four targets a game uh, and with Herbert not expected to be back until week 16 uh, I think that usage is going to continue and the Bears are going to need all the offense they can get this week as they face the Eagles Um, Philadelphia they're, they're about middle of the pack in terms of Russian defence. Uh, we've seen players have decent games against them like Damian Pierce or Jonathan Taylor, but they've also shut down the likes of Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley, so 
bit of a miss against them, but I think the Bears, they're at home, coming off a bye week. Montgomery isn't projected all that highly, so he isn't really a high-risk player, but I do think he can be a solid start through his, his decent workload, decent efficiency, and his and Justin Fields' ability to keep this Bears offense rolling. So I think David Montgomery is a decent player this week. Hmm. And let's move on to a look at week 15. Wow, got a, we've got a, we've got week. a, we've got a six pm a half niner, and a quarter past one on Saturday night. Love that, all about that, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna continue on, I think, into um, next week as well, because it's you know, tis the season and all that. But um, oh yeah, I, I think it's got games? something to do with, with with no college games being on as well, and and obviously the NFL now being able free to to fill up those slots with as many games as possible, many eyes on the games as possible. That's a more technical way of saying it, but I'm going to say it's because we're spreading Christmas cheer. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know, in Sharps' absence, um, any any tier. Tier lists of games. How does he do? Well, it? I know the Steelers <laughs> at the Panthers is gonna be on in the bottom tier. Um, yep. There's there's some games this week that either at the start of the year they would have been in the top tier, or they they just they've fell out of the top tier. Given well, so the Rams at Packers was clearly scheduled a while ago. You know, in yep. in in, in, uh, in prime time. Um, but I would <laughs> yeah. say the 49ers at the Seahawks and the Dolphins at the Bills do not they don't have the shine to them as they might have done a month ago those games I agree um, yeah. so I'd suppose I think the Cowboys at the Jaguars could be fun and you know what I think the best and most competitive game of the week is going to be that Giants at Commanders game there's just too much to play for yeah no I agree I think Giants Commanders is going to be nice I don't think any game sort of clearly fits into that sort of top slot that Sharpers will put them in. But I think the game I've got my eye on most is the Chargers and the Titans because both teams are doing well, both well in playoff contention. Um, and and it just... Both defences of these teams fit perfectly with the opposing offence. Chargers are awful against the run. Titans have Derek Henry. Titans are awful against the pass. Chargers have Justin Herbert. It's exactly what you want to see. <laughs> so hopefully that's like a nice it game. It feels like a win for the Titans to me. Yeah. But so did last week. Um, so did last week. So. I know, yeah. I am also intrigued by the, the Jets and Lions just to see if, if the Lions can keep it rolling against probably the best defence they played in the middle of this hot streak that they're in. So I'm very intrigued to that one as well. But uh, that'll do us, I think. Have you got any closing thoughts, Al? Just uh, enjoy enjoy sweating over the playoffs, folks. While I'm 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 chilling on my bye week. Thank you very much for that insightful uh, closing thought. Uh, that that every single one of us listening to this podcast can can enjoy. <laughs> that'll do us, though. Thank you for listening. See you later. See ya.